Looks for Edwards in the end zone, jump ball, and it is caught by Braylon Edwards! Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you Babe, that means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday evening at 6.30 on WCBN. There's a lot of food and event stuff going on in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti that we really need to talk about, you and me. This is very important and lots of fun. It's May. It's finally May. It's nice out. It's finally nice out. I'm repeating. I'm finally repeating myself. Right, and it's Bugs Bunny's 75th anniversary, so we're going to have to take a few moments to get a cameo appearance from Bugs Bunny, like uh, this food-oriented one here. Ketchup! Ketchup! Where's the ketchup at? And speaking of ketchup uh, being an heirloom vegetable, we will be talking about vegetables and things like that. Songs about food, that sort of thing. And food stories around Michigan, all kinds of stuff going on. And also this headline, Cops, Snow Cone Joe Stalked Mr. Dingling. We'll have to give you a detail on that in just a moment. But in the meantime, if you're at my stall, please don't touch me tomato. This song was written by one by the name of Trad Ishinal. Oh, you do his feeling, 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 fe
And now our friends will play another tune in the lounge if you want to join them over there. That's the Goombe Kings featuring Richie Delamore. And Don't Touch Me Tomato, that tune there is called Calypso Man that we're about to hear there in the lounge there. Enjoy yourself over there. Have a drink. It's good stuff over there in the Pandora's Lunchbox Lounge. This is the Pandora's Lunchbox main dance floor. Thank you for joining us. It's a show about food and several things going on, being Bugs Bunny's 75th anniversary. And also, I want to tell you about some things happening because it is May, and things around town, around Ann Arbor and Ipsy, are opening up like flowers. Bill's Beer Garden in Ann Arbor will officially open for the season in about a half an hour. It's going to be open tonight from 7 to 11 p.m., and now it'll be open every weekend, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. That's the new beer garden that opened last fall that's connected to downtown Home and Garden in Ann Arbor, opening this evening at 7. That's also connected to Mark's Mark's Carts, all connected to downtown Home and Garden. And here's, speaking of gardens, some news about food that's going beyond some gardens. You may be familiar with Double Up Food Bucks. It's expanding in Detroit. If you're not familiar with it, a story from Sarah Swick in Michigan Radio. The Double Up Food Bucks program lets people who are on food stamps double their money on fresh fruits and vegetables. For example, if you buy $20 worth of fruits and veggies, you'd get the same amount back in tokens to buy more locally grown produce. The program's been running in Metro Detroit Farmers Markets for years, but now it's expanding into three Detroit grocery stores, too. The program starts on July 1st, and I should mention that Double Up Food Bucks will be available for people on food stamps on July 1st in more than 100 locations around the state. It's going to include two in Ann Arbor, being the Ann Arbor Farmers Market and West Side Farmers Market, as well as the Depoton Farmers Market and the Downtown Ypsilanti Farmers Market in Ypsilanti, and also at the Dixboro Farmers Market and the Chelsea Farmers Market. So $20 worth of fruits and veggies if you qualify for Double Up Food Bucks. You get that amount back in tokens. I believe they're wooden tokens, and you can get just that same amount back in locally grown produce. Moving from Metro Detroit's Farmers Markets into actual Detroit grocery stores, so that is some good news indeed. Also, just to mention, aside from Bill's Beer Garden, we have some farmer's market news. The Ann Arbor Farmer's Market is now open Wednesdays and Saturdays, now that it's the month of May, and it will be that way through the end of the year. The Wednesday evening market there is going to open again in June. Meanwhile, in Ipsy, the Depot Town Farmer's Market, which we just talked about a moment ago, will open for the season this Saturday, May 4th. It's going to be open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And the Downtown Ypsilanti Farmer's Market, the sister farmer's market of the one we just mentioned, will open next Tuesday, May 7th, and that will be open from 2 to 6 p.m. So lots of things happening, lots of music to talk about, and lots of things going on right now. But Bugs Bunny is, is coming back to us this time, has jumped back into a time machine to when before he was quite so wisecracking. See, here's how it is. Bugs Bunny made his first ever appearance 75 years ago this Tuesday, April 30th, 1938, in a Porky the Pig story called Porky's Hair Hunt. There'd already been one called Porky's Duck Hunt. That's where Daffy Duck came from. That's where he was. That's his origin story. And Bugs Bunny, which hadn't been named that yet, appeared in this Porky story. He was smaller, he had an off-white color, and he sounded a lot like this. Here I 
That's really incredibly annoying, isn't it, that voice? Let's hear that again, shall we? Wait, let's hear that. That's really annoying. Let's hear it again. Here we go. Hold on. I could listen to that over and over and... No, actually not. I was right. That was annoying. Just checking. Just wanted to make sure for for quality control purposes on, on Pandora's Lunchbox. Now, that sounded an awful lot like Woody Woodpecker, didn't it? Kind of that laugh. So Mel Blanc, the great Mel Blanc who voiced that, later used much the same voice when he voiced Woody Woodpecker. Mel Blanc is the origin of all of us in some ways. As for the Bugs Bunny we know, according to his 1990, quote, biography, unquote, Bugs Bunny, 50 years and only one gray hair, H-A-R-E, Bugs was born on July 27, 1940, in Brooklyn, in a warren under Ebbets Field, home of the Brooklyn Dodgers. So we're going to have a little bit more Bugs Bunny information in just a moment. But first of all, well, actually, we're going to get back to some Michigan food news, too, but in the meantime... I did entice you with that headline, Cops, Snow Cone Joe Stalked Mr. Dingling. And if I can get the screen to scroll down, by God, I'm going to tell you all about it. It says here in the timesunion.com of Albany, New York, the Mr. Dingling truck hadn't been rolling through the streets here for more than a week before Joshua Malatino made his message clear, there ain't enough fudgesicles in this city for the both of us. Malatino owns the homegrown Snow Cone franchise, Homegrown Snow Cone Joe franchise. Now, we're going to say that one more time. Homegrown Snow Cone Joe. He had threatened rival ice cream trucks before, but police said he went too far earlier this month. It began with threats and taunts. You don't have a chance, Malatino yelled to the 53-year-old Mr. Dingling driver on one of his first days in Gloversville, according to court documents. This is my town. Soon, police said, Malatino and his girlfriend were shadowing the rival driver across quiet city streets, blaring their jingles and trying to pry his customers away. Free ice cream, they would yell. Oh, my goodness. Ice cream theater. They really, we really don't have enough of that, do we? But we do have a wonderful fellow by the name of Sugar Child Robinson from Detroit. Made some really great music when he was very, very, very young, between 1949 and 1952. He was about nine years old when he did this one, this song about ice cream. This is a happier ice cream song, I think. Let's let's cleanse the snow cone, homegrown Joe, home snow grown Joe, evil toxins out of our system. And let's hear some Sugar Child Robinson from Detroit singing about the ice cream man, also known in those days as the Hunky Man.
Thank you, Sugar Child Robinson of Detroit. Beautiful song called The Hunky Man. In parentheses here, The Ice Cream Man says so. Had a hard time finding the origins of why it was called Hunkies, but a friend of mine suggested that it might be little hunks of ice cream, those little uh, frozen blocks maybe that you might get in the old days. Maybe so. I don't know. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And Arwolf will help us to face the music in 15 minutes or so, thereabouts. I have a couple of pieces of Michigan food news about the Michigan prison system and food. These are, these are not necessarily happy stories, but I did want to share it with you. Um, in a federal lawsuit in Detroit, uh, the, Michigan prison system, the Michigan prison system says here, says the Associated Press, is being sued over the Ramadan menu for Muslim inmates. In their federal suit in Detroit, four inmates say the meals fall short of the typical number of calories and aren't prepared in accordance with Islamic law. Ramadan is the holy four-week period for Muslims during which they eat only before sunrise and after sundown. The lawsuit says the Corrections Department is discriminating against inmates based on their religion because other prisoners are getting more than 1,000 additional calories during three meals. The Ramadan menu offers two meals, usually a hot cereal and toast for breakfast, and cold cuts, bean burger, or poultry and side dishes at dinner. And this is actually more Michigan prison news from this week. State officials reversed themselves this week, and they've decided to hire a private company to prepare food for Michigan's 44,000 prisoners, saying they originally misjudged a plan that would actually save the state about $16 million. The State Department of Corrections sent a notification to state employees of the decision, which puts the jobs of 373 workers at risk. The agency initially said the plan would not save enough money, but on Tuesday, agency officials said mistakes were made in evaluating bidders' proposals, including comparisons between the private sector and state costs. As a result, the state could save 20% or about $16 million by hiring Philadelphia-based Aramark Corporation. State Senator John Proust said his understanding is that 85 to 90% of the state's prison food service employees will be offered jobs by Aramark. A correction spokesman could not immediately verify that figure. Those are some stories out of Michigan prisons, but this is a more cheerful story. Rodriguez, the fellow you may know who did two albums in the early 70s from Detroit. The albums got little attention in the U.S., but then he developed a cult following in South Africa during the apartheid era. He was the subject of the Oscar-winning documentary Searching for Sugar Man. So Rodriguez is going to get an honorary degree a week from today from Wayne State University. Hooray! And when his music career fizzled way back then, Rodriguez ran for public office in Detroit. He obtained his philosophy degree from Wayne State University in Detroit. Rodriguez will receive a Doctor of Humane Letters on May 9th from Wayne State during the school's commencement ceremonies at Ford Field. The university is honoring the 1981 graduate for his, quote, musical genius and commitment to social justice. 
Yay, Rodriguez. Now, before we go on to more gardening news, because there's that and all, first of all, a moment, a uh, cameo appearance here by Bugs Bunny. This is a food reference, I think. Mm. What's cooking, Doc? Well, I'll tell you what, Bugs Bunny. That was extremely spontaneous. Here's an excerpt from a poem I found about being a bad gardener by Victoria Lynn, because I typed in bad garden poet, and I got this. This is an excerpt from this. I wanted to be a gardener. I still try every year, along with the weeds and heat and bugs that love my leaves and paltry stash of veggies. I'm a horrible gardener, black thumb at all, loved by my weeds, loved by my bugs, and loved by real gardeners at the farmer's market. I am the worst gardener, horrible but happy, happy to shop, happy to buy, and forever loved by those grocery stores that I keep in business. I am a horrible gardener, but I have my place. It's a beautiful thought. That is from Victoria Lynn. I found her on the interwebs, and that was an excerpt from her poem. In the meantime, a song about a farmer's market. Listen closely, blink, and you'll miss it. Once was a girl, and she was right from the sticks. Thought she'd go out to the market one day. And hey, we could should say of the town, she was the toast. Really the most, we don't want to boast, but scads of lads would all surround us. It's like a Sherwood hounder, she worked in the marketplace. What did she see? Crew cut and cute with a crazy goatee. What a blend, he was the end selling beans. Dressed in his jeans, what a buy she was her to buy. I got beans at the bargain, little girl. Won't you step right up? Cast your eyes upon where and you will have no other care. There'll be no other worry there if you see the crazy bear. You'll have one they are clean to cook the crazy on the table. I got the fresh dessert morning from the backyard and I picked them all myself. I hope that you would come along and buy my beans because well, what I'm trying to say is they taste so good. They taste so very, very, very good. Take advantage of them, Mark. Come and apply some. We got spring beans, snap beans, lima beans. We got the very kind of beans that I would like to put right in your pressure cooker. Pretty baby, don't you see what I mean? They are the finest beans, cools of beans. They are the best beans that you could find in this or any other marketplace. What are you trying to prove with all your talk of beans? Yes, I know that they look crazy, but they're just beans. Only beans, and they will have to go because of something you should know. But no, I think the beans are great, but you can leave them all by way because they're not my favorite dish. I like greens, but can't stand beans, and I cannot bear to have those seeds about And I will tell you furthermore that though they are fit for greens, I only like jelly beans. Now you understand just what my beans are. Let me say, I am not the guy who's supposed to sell the beans. It's a mean to you, cause I knew that I should be your guy. Come, baby, let me try. Once was a drummer, was straight from New York, tour in the country with Wardell Gray and hey, we should say. Really the most, we don't want to boast, but All the crazy chicks would sound him, all the crazy bands would sound him Then one day he saw the one that made his head whirl He met and married the same little girl What a blend, they are the end, they're real cool House with a pool, crazy scene, flame And all the beans I got whiplash. Thank you, that was Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross Annie Ross singing wonderfully quickly and dexterfully Perhaps she's from Dexter. I don't know. But that is Lambert Hendricks and Ross from the album 
the hottest new group in jazz. Actually, no, it's from High Flying with the Ike Isaacs Trio. That's the album it's from, but it's from a disc called The Hottest New Group in Jazz that compiles not one, not two, but three albums by Lambert, Hendrix, and Ross. It choked me up thinking about that. This is Pandora's Lunchbox and so much going on. The Water Hill Music Festival is coming up. It's coming up in the Water Hill neighborhood of Ann Arbor with lots of folks playing on their porches, playing music everywhere, acoustic music, all kinds of music. So musicians like Dick Siegel, Paul Tinkerhess, and others celebrating Pete Seeger's... Oh, actually, hold on. I'm, I'm not reading this correctly. But... Anyway, there will be a bunch of musicians at Water Hill Music Fest. You can read all about it at waterhill.org. And there's a map telling you where you can walk around and see these musicians. The uh, Marcus and Joan Belgrave Jazz Ensemble will be there. Uh, a group called Sade Ta will be there. There will be a group called Raid on Harper's Ferry, describing themselves as a neo-psych revival sermon. And, of course, Ukulele Slim and the Career Criminals... Dangerous People will be performing, but in a good way, and you can find out all about that. They're performing this Sunday at Water Hill Music Fest in Ann Arbor. Now, I wanted to tell you about an exhibit at UMA, the University of Michigan Museum of Art. It's been there a while, but if you haven't seen it, it's been there through Sunday. In part, I want to tell you because there's a food theme that does weave through parts of it. It's by El Anatsui, who is an internationally renowned artist born in Ghana. He has lived and worked in Nigeria for a long time now. It's called When I Last Wrote to You About Africa, and it's a major retrospective organized by the Museum of African Art, Museum for African Art, excuse me. It includes about 60 works at UMA. El Anatsui is widely known for monumental wall sculptures made from discarded bottle tops. The exhibition spans four decades and has work in wood, ceramic, and metal, as well as drawings, paintings, and prints. It includes metal wall sculptures where Anatsui has assembled thousands of West African liquor bottle tops into moving patterns. And the UMA website, as a nice description, says it creates a stunning visual impact, transforming the simple material into large, shimmering forms. Absolutely. You really should see it. It also has large-scale floor installations, one of which consists of more than a thousand small tin boxes lined with advertising labels and magazine ads. Some of these Parts of the installation are very colorful. There are also wood pieces that are beautiful, and some are very serious, and some are quite whimsical. All range, it's called. When I last wrote to you about Africa, it's the largest compilation of El Anatsui's works ever assembled, and it's currently at the UMA, the University of Michigan Museum of Art, through Sunday. And incidentally, the University of Michigan Museum of Art is on the corner of State Street and South University. So you can find out all about that at the website, which, well, it's under UMA, U-M-M-A. Look it up. Google, Google ties that, and you may be surprised of the wonderful things, in fact, that you might find. Now, Pandora's Lunchbox is just about winding down, but we're not, we're not, we're not quite done yet. I do want to mention about how Bugs Bunny, the really annoying voice we heard earlier, the one that kind of sounded like a demented Woody Woodpecker, which is kind of a redundancy, became the Bugs Bunny we know. A Wild Hair, directed by Tex Avery and released on, would you believe, July 27, 1940, is widely considered to be the first official Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's the first short where both Elmer Fudd and Bugs are shown in their fully developed forms as Tormentor and Hunter. 
It's the first in which Mel Blanc uses what would become Bugs' standard voice, and the first in which Bugs uses his catchphrase, What's up, Doc? The short was a huge success in theaters and received an Academy Award nomination for Best Animated Short Film. So celebrating the 75th anniversary of this guy this week. That's right. Don't hesitate. Wait, there's more. It gets better and better. But, you know, I just wanted to share with you all of these exciting things happening in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. And about Bill's Beer Garden, just a quick recap here. Bill's Beer Garden opening officially for the season tonight at 7. That's connected to downtown Holman Garden and also connected to Mark's Carts. The Ann Arbor's Farmer's Market is open Wednesdays and Saturdays for the rest of the year. The Wednesday evening market there is going to be open again in June. The Depot Town Farmer's Market in Ipsy opens this Saturday for the season, and the Downtown Ypsilanti Farmer's Market opens next Tuesday for the season. Well, I've been Mike for a while, and this has been, you know... We're going to have roast rabbit! 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 We're going to have roast... Ooh. Uh-oh. And one last thought. This one I'd like to dedicate to Arbel if this has nothing to do with food. Here we go. I bet you know a lot of my friends, like uh, Duke of Ellington, Count of Basie, Earl of Hines, Cab of Calloway, Satchmo of Armstrong. Yes, I know all of those people, all of the above. Well, Arfla's going to help us to face the music and maybe help us to understand what I just did there in just a few moments. But let's go out with another tune from Detroit's Sugar Child Robinson. He's a good man, that kid. He really was. And I believe he's still around after all these years, Sugar Child Robinson. This is a tune called I'll Eat My Spinach. There will be spinach coming out of gardens everywhere, all kinds of food. There will be tomatoes flying, hopefully not so rotten ones. Make sure to catch every one of them and eat them. Eat lots of fresh foods. Yes. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Keep listening to WCBN FM and Arbor through the evening. Have a good one.
Sugar Child Robinson, in person, on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's 7 o'clock. Thank you, Mike. We had two Sugar Child Robinson sides in one half-hour program. That was outstanding. Honkies and spinach, yes. It's time for Face the Music, and this is an historic event because I'm starting an extended series on the life and work of Thomas Fats Waller. WCBN and Fats Waller have something I think that's kind of important in common, and that is that I got involved down here in the late 1970s and starting in 1980 every Thursday night with the express purpose of uh, seeing to it that more people became aware of the music of Fats Waller and uh, maybe even familiar with some of it. What I've noticed over the years is that uh, despite how complex this guy was and multifaceted, most people just think of him as a sort of a comedian who played piano and liked to make a lot of noise. Um, What I'd like to do is illustrate over the weeks to come every Thursday for an hour, every Thursday evening, the, uh, the incredible range of culture that's represented when we talk about Thomas Waller. Not only he himself and all the people he worked with, but the entire early 20th century musical equation, particularly as it existed in the African-American communities along the eastern seaboard. So we'd like to begin now with an hour of recordings from the, mostly from the early and mid-1920s. I think we'll get up as late as 1927, but that's about it for this hour. (laughs) You're going to hear some, uh, these are Fats Waller's first records, in fact. You'll hear him as soloist, that is, uh, playing the piano, also some player piano roles that play themselves, and also some hot pipe organ solos. He was our first jazz organist. And uh, intermittently, you'll be hearing him accompanying some great blues singers, including Alberta Hunter.